Hello there. Welcome. It's part two of our Filmmakers podcast with Born Ultimatum star and director of Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, Joey Ansar. In this episode, part two, we chat more with Joey about director Paul Greengrass and his process making Born, how Joey made Street Fighter Legacy and raised the money for Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, his pitching and marketing techniques, understanding the studio system and his upcoming projects. Remember, like, share and subscribe, all that jazz. So, we last left Joey talking about action choreography and that is where we shall pick it back up. Enjoy. <laughs> if you have some degree of pre-visualization, mm. then you shoot to order and you you design the cin- the cinematography around the action. Mm. So if there's going to be a big face hit, you may want some real contacts. But if I'm action directing a fight, I'll tell an actor, you're only going to need to do this once or twice, and we <clears throat> it's going to be from this angle. And it's going to look great and guaranteed it's going to be in the edit. Mm. So that gives the performer the, the sufficient motivation to say, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice, take one for the team, because this is going to be a trailer moment. And there's no way this will be on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah. The number of fights you do where you risk life and limb, you wreck as hard as you can into a wall and mm-hmm. smash yourself up. Oh, they've just they've just cut yeah. it. They've like, oh, well, the fight needs to be short. Let's just lose all that. And yeah. you're like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers. Even born, what you see of that fight is two thirds of the choreography. There's right. a huge amount that's wow. that's not in there. My, if you watch the DVD featurette, you'll <clears throat> see a lot of sections. And we actually did really long takes, but because that style is cut, cut. Choppy, there's an choppy. edit cut yeah. every second, second or, <laughs> or point five of a mm-hmm. second. People maybe think, did we shoot it like that? No, we actually did very long takes. It's just how it's been cut that makes it look right. like that. Mm. But oh. but it's it's a style. I don't... Greengrass has a style that many have tried to imitate and mm-hmm. failed at. And, and all of those fights Greengrass has done have a very strong emotional feel to them. And yeah, there's no sure. music. No, there's no score driving the emotions. It's... It's just the foley of the fight yeah. and the grunts and, and you're gripped. So many films have then gone into this horrible, shaky cam. Mm-hmm. Look at Taken. Yes, yes. Too, and it's just, and you're just like, no, you're missing the point. This is pure mimicry. Yeah. You're not. Greengrass had a style. That's his style. Don't. What, what was it specifically that he did that was, that you feels different? You know, was it, was he on long lenses a lot? Was he. What? Why was it that that fight particularly worked so well, and others have tried to emulate that, and we all go, it didn't work as well. Uh, I mean, he does it with his car chases. He does it. You watch Supremacy. Yeah, he does it with everything. It's a, it's a floating camera. Even in dialogue scenes, when Paddy Considine and uh, and Matt meet for the first time, it's or or Paddy meets someone that's giving him some information yes. about. It's floating like you're a voyeur mm. spying on someone's conversation, mm. like you almost shouldn't be there. And it's so that's imbued throughout the whole fabric of Paul's film. So when you see a fight or a car chase, it makes sense as part of the whole. Other films in isolation go into this right. disorientating. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, me and Paul had a discussion about it, actually. Mm-hmm. 
Because a lot of, naturally, you have people that aren't a fan. And I remember he was like, look, the less you see, the more you believe. And I think it's impressionism. His style of doing fights is not about showing the fine details. Mm. It's about giving you the broad uh, uh, primal strokes of the combat. And as a result, you get a... You does what it says on the tin. You yeah. get a very powerful mm. uh, emotional response. If you're a fight purist, you may say, "I want to see more of the technique." By cutting so quickly, my eye cannot actually track what was that Filipino Cali trap and counter mm-hmm. that Matt did there. Gringos is probably like, "Who gives a shit?" Yeah, we're in combat, and mm-hmm. you're going to feel it. Very few film fights give me any emotional response. Even something like John Wick. Mm. And this is the crazy thing. Everyone's been wanting, I wish stunt guys could direct a film and we'll see the action. And you do, boy, you you see it all. But sometimes it's so wide that you don't have an emotional Mm. connection to it. There's not that sense of danger that the fight in Bourne is like two Rottweilers having a fight until one isn't moving. There's no posturing. There's no circling and Mm -hmm. one-linering and and flexing oiled muscles or taking off an item of clothing or a jacket. (laughs) There isn't time for that. And that's partly Paul's design and his fight team is that the fight is very realistic. Two highly dangerous individuals Mm -hmm sort of he comes through the window i just react we're on autopilot yeah we're not thinking we're not intellectualizing the combat we're just doing what we've been trained to do until one of us is not moving anymore yeah and the audience as a result is holding their breath almost uncomfortable Mm. until it's over and then there's this palpable sense of relief and that's the mastery of of paul that's what you're chasing after seeing something that profound, be it the Bourne sequence mm-hmm. and seeing at the LA premiere, everyone silent, gripping their chest and then in applause. Wow. Yeah. Right. Or seeing the dark Knight and that I, I go off and try and scientifically break down mm. like a graph of stages. Why did this have such an emotional effect on me? And mm. I need to understand the DNA of this, editorial mm. sequence mm. as a filmmaker you you have to watch other f- filmmakers and you, yeah. it's not good enough to say i like that but i don't know why or i thought that was shit if uh, something's shit i i'll write a thesis or tell you on why that didn't work for me mm. if something's amazing i can so passionately write almost a dissertation on every step every editorial choice or piece of action or performance or music cue mm-hmm. that came together right, right. to create a a euphoric experience in the cinema which yeah. is something you're chasing now so many films leave you fucking flatlining totally right totally or don't you feel something if you were hooked up to heart rate monitor and adrenal monitors many films you would literally <laughs> there is no change yeah. no physiological <laughs> response yeah yeah, it's that's so interesting. Yeah, it's an epidemic. Right. It really is. So, um you you've you've done born. It's gone really well for you and you're thinking right, okay, I want to make something myself, which has been in the sort of this thinking mm. about for a while. Mm. And Street Fighter comes along. <laughs> Prevent history from repeating itself. 
think it is time you taught us the techniques of the Hado. Test us, Shisho. Satsui no Hado. Does this place give you a strange feeling? Satsui no Hado is not something you want to be part of. It gets results. I'm telling you from experience, kid. Tell us about the journey here. How did this become what it is today? I've been a Street Fighter fan of the game since it came out. Um, oh, back in the 90s, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, what, Street Fighter 1 was in the 80s. Can you believe 80s? Street Fighter is 30 years old? God. Wow. Now. It's incredible, isn't it? 30th yeah. anniversary. End of the 80s then, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, obviously, you had the games. Everyone, probably most people jumped on board Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo yes, when yes. it came out or at the arcades. and. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. And then there was the anime, the manga movie, mm. Street Fighter 2, the animated movie that yeah. was really fucking dark and cool and edgy. The music was great. The animation was great. The choreography in it was phenomenal. And that ex- kind of expanded the, the universe because now you're seeing this game in a in a narrative sense that really captured your imagination. Then there was a comic series mm. by Udon Comics. Um so by this point, getting close to the point where I made Legacy, where mm-hmm. it all started, this, like the Star Wars universe with all the books, the wider universe of, of, of Star Wars, that existed. And the Van Damme movie came out and it was campy and just ill. Yeah. Kylie Ka- Minogue as well. In that yeah. One, right? yeah. And Raul right. Julia and, yeah. and Van Damme and stuff. And you read the story of how that film, Stephen E. D'Souza, who he wrote that in a day. What? For it to get greenlit, they're like, there's a movie, but for it to all close, you need to write it in a day. And he was like, I'll only put myself through this 24 hours of torture if I get to direct it. Because Stephen E. D'Souza, I think, wrote Die Hard, possibly directed the second one as well. So he's a very accomplished writer, but Mm. he just, you know, so he did it, all the politics of an IP. So that came out. And then the second one, The Legend of Chun-Li, came out. And it was so just derivative and just unrecognized. Everything that Street Fighter fans love about the mythology, it hadn't captured. Mm. And it's like something snapped. It's like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. It's just like something... <laughs> something went in Something you. went where I was just like, enough. Yeah. Enough. It changes and I'm going to do it. Great. I'm going to do it. And how do you then go about doing it? That's the main thing, isn't it? You write, originally a treatment was written (laughs) for a whole series. So the plan wasn't to do this three-minute short. It was to do a series. And I I had 300 had just come out, and I thought, cool, imagine doing it like hyper-real with live sets but competent uh, green screen backgrounds (laughs) to give it this look. Then I was... uh, partnering up with a production company streetlight films that did commercials that mm-hmm. famous steve mcqueen ford puma commercial oh, yeah. remember with him mm. compton paul street he directed that right. so i was meeting with him about a film project he had and we happened to talk he was oh what else are you doing and i'm like oh, i'm developing this street fighter thing that i want to pitch to capcom tell me about that i pitched to him he was really enthused and I was like, well, what, look, why don't we partner on this? Because you've got great experience yeah, with, the green with comping and all, comping all, in, yeah. all that stuff. So I put together, had the treatment. I had my composer, Patrick Gill, do an orchestral reworking of Ryu's melody from mm-hmm. the game. 
and now having streetlight films whose md used to work for ridley scott mm-hmm. rsa Born and stuff and, yeah so it created a great package and then my still to this day producer partner jackie queller came on board who's an oscar she's got oscar nominated movies nice. behind her name so now you've got a really slick solid package. package yeah so send it off to capcom they were like we love it we're getting a lot of other pitches in you need to come and speak to us in person so it's like fuck suddenly on a plane to la straight straight off the plane from lax to capcom mm-hmm. licensing's offices wow. so did the pitch yeah and they were like great we love it so who's gonna fund it Oh, oh man. and I and I was like, um, you? Yeah, I was. I was hoping we're thinking like for about two to two point five million dollars, we thought we could do like a ninety minute, I don't know, thing in yeah. the in the manner we described. And they explained, and this is where the learning. They're mm. like, we're the licensing division of Capcom. Our job is to just exploit our IPs in merchandising deals. Sure, we don't have a pot of money to invest in things if anything we're making money by selling licensing the rights yeah. to our brands be mm. it resident evil or street fighter to third parties who will then pay us a license fee and a percentage she's like but we love your pitch why don't you go and pick to san mateo near san francisco and pitch to our marketing department there's a new street fighter game coming out in six months mm-hmm they'll have some a marketing pot. You're not going to get two million, but you may be able to get something to do something on a smaller scale. Okay. So then drove to San Francisco oh, and then hi, San guys. Mateo. <laughs> yeah. Pitched to them. Mm. They much more knew the brand there. Right. So there were some real Street Fighter aficionados that really put me through my paces. Okay. And I convinced them that I you knew what you're talking the job, about. Right. Mm. And having born behind you. Yeah. Big, you big know, thing. Yeah one of the greatest movie fights of all time it opens doors mm-hmm. right so you use things to leverage and um so then they we originally like okay we re-came up with a, sh- a, a short film originally it was going to have five characters yeah. ryu ken akuma bison and kami mm-hmm. and we wanted three hundred thousand dollars to do like a 10 minute like thing. teaser thing to show yeah, yeah proof yeah, of concept yeah. that will be released at the same time as the game for cross-promotion stuff yeah. They were like, okay, if you can go back to London and pitch to Capcom Europe and convince them to put in half 150K, mm-hmm. we'll put in 150K and then make it happen. So then I fly back to London and I pitch to London, uh-huh. get them on board. Cut a long story short, all this politics, America start getting cold feet. 300K becomes half, 150K. Mm-hmm. And mainly, if it wasn't for the good guys at Capcom Europe who were championing it would have fallen apart then paul street um yeah he kind of got lost interest as how long it went on yeah but we pulled it together with jackie really helping me um and this is where my producing experience because now you're getting into contracts yeah all that it's a different world that yeah yeah that's not just standing hitting your mark and fighting someone that's Mm. yeah Yeah, the business business and negotiating Mm -hmm. and finances and planning and script writing and adapting now a script to the budget you have now we don't have the money to do green screen studio stuff we're going to shoot this live action Mm -hmm. in a location ashridge estate in hertfordshire 
reused as wood so it, this thing street fighter legacy you can uh, search for it on youtube yeah it's brilliant it's so worth seeing it really is well made it's thank great. you thank it's you great. three minutes um but really at the time we were shooting with a phantom mm-hmm. and a red doing thousand frame per second shots and you can imagine lighting a forest <laughs> at night with enough light to get get that a thousand frames a second yeah. Um, it's no small feat. So the lighting package was pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Which wind... is most of your money probably went, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. on that. Wind machines catering. Now, look, $150,000 is back then like 90K. Mm-hmm. We could have got, more, I would say, more out on a more indie approach, but $150,000 a day is a standard day rate for a commercials company. Mm-hmm. It's a typical car commercial, right? That's their day yeah. spend. So... No corners were cut. We had full catering. There were 60 crew. Wow. We had national trust people there to make sure we weren't damaging the trees. We had full ambulance, fire, crew. Yep, safety people tra- Makeup, around. trailer, everything. Like right. the works for a three-minute short. We had, <laughs> it was like a commercial. Yeah, right? yeah huge. Um, everyone got paid. No one was doing freebies. Mm-hmm. We had a full SFX team. Mm-hmm. Um full wire rigging stunt register stunt coordinator and something because we had to do wire pulls and and flame uh fire burns for ken's flaming dragon punch it's a fly ryu actor john foo from america in and all that so look we we made that thing and uh it it considering we we didn't release it on a big youtube channel we just created a youtube channel and put it out there Mm -hmm. and even capcom got in america got cold feet they tried to shelve it Wow. Really? At one point. Because they well, after it had come out on YouTube. No, before, oh, before. it had come out. Right. They were gonna just try and shelve the whole thing. It was really weird. Ooh. That is weird. And then it came out and it got a ninety eight point six percent approval rating. All the magazines that reviewed it loved it and mm-hmm. wanted to see more, I imagine. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was just like what dealing with big corporations, there are so many layers and yeah. people with their own agendas. Mm. All it takes is one person to suddenly think, I don't, I don't want this to happen, and it yeah. can fuck. So so much of getting ahead in the film business is being a good politician and mm. digging your heels. And sometimes sheer force of will and endurance will wear people down. Or those people will actually move company. They'll eventually yes. resign, be made redundant. And someone and else will come over, but you're still going, you're no, still, still going, yes, this is happening. That's, and they go, all right, we better do it then. <laughs> yeah, I've outlived at Capcom five heads of licensing. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh yeah. And you're still standing. Standing, and then, trying to make a new relationship with them every time. And then you realise, fuck these people. The company is actually... <laughs> in japan i need to have a real power player as an ally above their head someone so powerful the guy that produces the game perhaps Mm. that if someone's giving me shit in licensing i can pull rank on them and they threaten to get their job lost it's i mean look it's insane to go to those levels but on this journey i mean look the current head of licensing i get on with great and many of them have been really instrumental in making this work. But mm. there were some people along the way in that company that were arch nemeses right. who... Um, Made your life difficult, shall we say. Hell. So Legacy came out, great yep. views, this, that, and the other. It's just like, right, now we've done this. Mm-hmm. 
let's do something feature length, yes, which yeah. was Assassin's Fist. Yeah, tell an origin story of Ryu and Ken. Yeah, and the story of their master, Go- their master Goken, and his brother Akuma, mm-hmm. who's almost like the Vader. Yeah, of the, of the, the Goken and 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 uh, Akuma, almost like Obi Wan and Vader. Yeah, you know they they represent the light and the dark side of. And they learn the secret of it all, right? They wanted to learn the secret yeah. to get through. And you had a great cast. Um, I mean, pretty much the same cast as the the short, right? The three minute short. Uh, uh, but Ryu was different. Ryu Mike was different. Mo Mike Mo, well. yeah. but Christian Howard, who's Howard been my again. collaborator for yeah. a long time, was reprised and, the role of Ken, and he looks brilliant and is brilliant in it. He's fantastic in it. Akira, um, Shogun Itukazu, yeah, yeah, uh, Gaku Space, Haruni Lee, Hyunri, yeah, Hyunri Lee, um, Togo Igawa, Mark Kalin, who I know quite well, um, Hal Yamanuchi, Hal Yamanuchi, and yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was so. It's a real love letter to martial arts and half and Japanese culture. Half of Assassin's Fist is in spoken Japanese, uh, period accurate Japanese. Mm. Because the film, for those of you that haven't seen the series or the film, it was compiled on Netflix and on the Blu-ray as a, a continuous running feature, right? As opposed to the episodic form that people first saw it on Machinima mm. on YouTube. Um, it jumps between two time zones. The The present day in the film is the late 80s, which Ryu and Ken are still training in the sort of mountainside dojo in Japan under their yeah. master Goken. And as he kind of crosses the point of no return to start teaching them these hado, these special energy techniques that allow them to do the Hadoken sort mm-hmm. of fireball and dragon punch, he takes them to the now almost abandoned dojo that he himself grew up in so mm. you start to flash back to Ryu and ken's master's past when he was their age you have a parallel timeline and that timeline is set in the 50s post world war Two. Mm-hmm. um obviously you've made the short how then did you go about making the the actual at the time the feature which obviously got split up into 12 parts did you go back to them and go right now we want to make this this way how did it evolve so you actually got the money and could make it so, because it, it's a licensing deal, and this is the complexity of of making something that's based on an existing IP, IP yeah. or intellectual property. For those of you that are wondering what IP is, um, you need to do a licensing deal with the rights holder that can be very lengthy, complex, and uh, expensive. I'll lines. try and give you listeners the top line. Mm. So, for example, you first try and option the rights. You, so, you pay an amount, say. Uh, ten thousand dollars to option what that does is it it gives you a hold period for a year that stops anyone else getting their hands on that that say it's the tv rights to something or digital rights Mm -hmm. to to, to make a series you may pay ten thousand dollars that gives you a year to raise the money to actually make the production and once you do that it's called exercising the option yes and then you would pay a license fee, which is much bigger mm-hmm. than the option fee. The license fee is typically 5% of the production budget capped to a certain point. Yeah. So you're not paying infinite money. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes to get finance, it may take two years. So you're paying $20,000 just to stop anyone else trying mm-hmm. to come in and mm-hmm. poach it from under your nose whilst you've spent years of your life trying to get Developing this thing it going. Right? your ass off, yeah. So you need the company to be behind you. So at one point, we'd be negotiating with one head of licensing for a year 
and then our option was going to expire and then they left and a new licensing came and they were like we want to do a deal with fox mm-hmm. i know someone at fox that wants the rights for this so they suddenly shut the door to us oh wow and we're like we're now talking to fox it took me meeting the producer of the game mm-hmm. yoshinori ono ono-san I was actually producing a live Street Fighter and Resident Evil walkthrough event for the Nintendo 3DS launch. Long story. In all these cities in the country, and there was a grand launch event in London, and Ono, the producer of the game, was there. I didn't even know he would be there. So he sees the show. He's like, hey, it's you. You did Legacy. And I'm like, yeah, we've been trying to make Assassin's Fist. Got a treatment. Everything's ready. And we're being cock-blocked. He was like, so you have something to read. You have a script. I said, I have a detailed script. He's like, his interpreter was like, I want to read it. You need to get this to me in Japanese. Wow. Like, something in, like I think, three days' time. He said, I'll be traveling to Italy, and I'll have time to read it then. If I like it, and it's good, I will block whatever nonsense is going on with licensing Mm -hmm. with Fox and, and force this to happen for them to just get on and mm-hmm. give you the rights so i had to then pay this is an example of how you've got to put money in to make money to translate a fucking hell this must have been 25 page font 10 size treatment yeah into japanese nuance in two days wow the, two thousand read well and yeah so i had to pay someone translated to two grand it. to turn it around send it to him he read it he loved it he was like picked up the phone and and brilliant you know made people fall on their swords and mm-hmm. then suddenly they're like hi oh, yes. we are now <laughs> wanting to talk to you because yeah. we've kind of been forced on pain of death <laughs> to do it <laughs> so then you know we, we we get going we get the you know the rights yeah so now it's into finance raising mm. um yeah, that, fin- that's just for the rights that's not even finance that's yeah this is just the, so you're spending 20 grand plus two grand plus working you know around the clock and stuff so now it's the difficult thing of raising Mm. finance and making it our way this was not done through a studio or a known uh production company because then come creative constraints and Mm -hmm. people who think they know better so we managed to uh, finance this by half was independent equity Half was to the tune of two point two million dollars. So half of that was independent equity, in, in, i.e., someone investing their money. Yep. The other half was through cash flowed pre-sales. Okay. And then the rest, the eight hundred grand deficit to make it up to a on paper three hundred three million budget, was all the HODs and me and the producers deferring like eighty percent of their upfront fee. Wow. wow. Okay. And that made up on paper mm. enough to go right. Eight, yeah, so technically lit. it was three million, mm. but eight hundred grand of salary mm-hmm. was not paid. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So now you're like, okay, we can we can now make this. Yeah, we can now make this. And you choose to you chose to shoot in Bulgaria, but, New Buena Studios, same place where I shot the Dare. And um, we we well, have the same editor as well. Exactly, Ollie which is Parker, great. The lovely Ollie Parker. So he good, is he's he? quite the find. Isn't he really he? is very yeah. very good. Not anyone out there wants to employ a great editor. Don't employ him because I want him to myself, and I'm sure yeah. Joey does too. He's really talented. Yeah. He brought so much to the Dare. It was incredible. And personality. I think yeah. that anyone that's film made 
hours upon days upon days 15 hours in a dark room with mm-hmm. with one guy one or, guy or you've woman. got to like them you have to get yeah. on well yeah. mm. they have to understand your vision support mm. your vision but know how to challenge you yeah. what well, ollie's really good this is just a little aside about the director editor relationship you'll be editing and you still are running over time yeah Something needs to go. You're like, no, no, no. You're precious. Everything's your baby. You don't want to cut off any limb off your baby. So he's like, okay. So you do whatever tweaks you can that day and you go home. The next morning, always the editor will typically start work an hour. It's good for your editor to at least get an hour or two's work in before you come in. Allow, Mm -hmm. give him space on his own. So he'll come in and say, and you as director, okay, let's just watch back. (laughs) Yeah, let me see my amazing scene. Yeah, so you watch it back and you're like, cool. And then he says... You know, I've managed to cut two minutes out of that. He said, can you tell from where? And you're like, mm. I'm struggling. He's like, if you can't, if you didn't miss it, it doesn't need to be in there. There you go. Yeah. And it's it's those yeah. great things of, of, of mm. a, a, an editor um, knowing you well yes. and knowing how to take slide things out from under your nose and seeing whether you know sometimes <laughs> he'll do it and i'll instantly say put that back in at once and then, and then he's and like, other times I, you won't notice at yeah, all. yeah and yeah. it's unique and because i've done two projects with ollie now mm. you get a great shorthand yes you get yeah. a phenomenal shorthand yeah. but um we no, digress yeah we do so yeah you you, you now got chance to make it you're in bulgaria um wonderful place there's an amazing team there and now you're you're fully directing in your mind yeah. a feature film first of all how did that feel for you to actually be going i'm directing something it was it was magical um mm. on so many because for that film i was the lead writer on it mm-hmm. i was the director was one of three producers on it i choreographed all the fights directed all the fights and you starred in it. Starred in it, speaking only Japanese. I Incredible. had to get freaking hench, like, you know. My even to this day, my body size is is big now because of Akuma. Because if you look I mean, at me in Born, I yeah, was seventy nine yeah. kilos. Mm. And before playing Akuma I got to hundred and two kilos. Wow. It's a big It's almost fifty percent increase. That's incredible. You ch- yeah, you change your blueprint. Um yeah. It's just a dream. It's 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 pure creation. To mm. I can't. I mean, there are some people listening would have done this to to write something, to create something from nothing is filmmaking, and that's yeah. one one of um, the very special things. It's Genesis, isn't it? Mm. If, if we're going to get biblical, not that I'm religious, but the, the art of where there wasn't something, there is now something that has an identity, a mm. DNA, a mm. pulse. It lives, and people have an attachment to to this thing yeah. and feel part of it. It, it, it there's very i guess other than probably giving birth and having a, having your own kid and witnessing genesis that way i think writing directing producing and making a film how you how you envisaged it in your mind's eye mm. turning that into tangible reality mm-hmm. so you're writing a script about a dojo on a mountainside in japan and now, okay, we're in a mountainside in Bulgaria that doubled amazingly for Japan. Yeah. And we've built a fully working dojo. We just had no studio mm-hmm. interiors. Every set is a fully working set. So for the actors, they're on a mountainside, mm-hmm. in geese, in a dojo. Yep. 
going to work every day incredible fully immersed in in the, in the real thing there's no breaking of yeah like so speaking to all the cast and there a lot of them it's the greatest experience they've had because mm. it was it, as as for, from an actor's point of view you're just living that yeah. you're just living yeah. that life yeah. there's no and i think that's the really nice thing if you can actually build working sets Mm. that full interiors you're not going to a studio interior to get mm. you're just there yeah it just i as an actor you're not having to make believe yeah you? You, you can believe yeah you're not looking at a green screen and a mm. tennis ball you're actually yeah. seeing the creatures and um so uh, where, where can people actually see this now you say it's available in america but not here well, at the no moment. so assassin's fist yeah is available everywhere it was on netflix for a couple of years in the uk hulu in the states best place to get it buy the blu-ray go on amazon uh look you can still get it on itunes google play any of the regular uh digital Mm -hmm. to purchase or stream youtube purchase or stream but you know there's a wonderful steel book um uh blu-ray so like you any of the the usual suspects for street fighter assassin's fist yeah um that and that was that and it it, it had a great response yeah how how about you how did you feel about it when it when it all came together with that because it was your creation Mm. and in that way when you see the finished product how do you feel about it I liked it. The first thing is you have you have to like it. Mm. I, I, it gives me feels. The, the score, there's a very powerful s- soundtrack to it. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. We did. We squeezed every penny and more mm. out of the budget we had. Um, physically, from that the action, the actors left everything on screen, and, nice. and I think to do a production where you're like. We did we we did everything we could, yeah. and to have had such a response from mm-hmm. the audience, you know, to know that your instincts w- were right, you Great. know, you've done in a way. Even if I never get, I may never get that level of control again. Yeah. So I'm glad to have done it, and it's exhausting. It's mm-hmm. not for the faint of hearted. I mean, after all that, my father died a week before the premiere oh, man. of the thing. And dealing with that, then a year later, I had a, a nervous breakdown. I mean, it takes yeah, yeah. it out of you. Yep. Seven days a week, people understand making a film, financing a film, the anxiety, you're living in a constant state of cortisol and adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could, two years, seven days a week work could all fall apart like that. Every email you get, you're filled with dread. Could this be an email that's torpedoing the whole thing? Wow. It's wow. just... um. So to see it through, yep. it's um, yeah, it's it's a great sense of accomplishment. But it takes its pound of flesh. It, yeah, does. it does. A filmmaking, you start off bushy-tailed, bright-eyed. Mm-hmm. It's like Harvey Dent says, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. You can see why <laughs> some people become jaded, jaded and dark totally. and angry and impatient mm-hmm. as filmmakers because it takes... So for those of you that are just actors or just crew, you've got to sometimes appreciate a film that you come on board where you're hopefully employed and Mm. paid fairly. The producer directors maybe live with this for three years, nonstop seven days a week of pure anxiety Mm -hmm. that it could fall down any minute. And then everyone, the actual making of the film is, is, is 
two percent at the end totally at the 11th yeah. hour and yeah. it takes some it takes it it comes at a cost there's no there's so no getting true. out of it without it it leaving scar hopefully you grow hugely from it but yep. you will have battle scars from it 100%. psychologically possibly health wise yep they say know. it's a miracle that you actually get a movie out there that someone sees because mm. like you say it's not just filming it and getting it to for people to it's everything there's all the bits in between of raising the money the problems that happen in post actually then getting how do you get it to the audience Absolutely. it's it's commercial huge, endeavor after the event, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's a massive and it is a miracle to make a film and it really anyone is. to see it it really is so um, do what? support whatever you can indie filmmakers you know even the studio films it's so hard to make but certainly uh, independent films go well, see them and also like you know having the insight of your journey to get to that point of mm. having made one massive congratulations yeah, for doing yeah, it because yeah. what an achievement it's incredible it really is go thanks. see it man support the film thanks, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It, and it just shows it's possible you just mm. have to know you know know the game you're getting into i didn't go to film school i didn't go to writing school i didn't go to direct like look i've spent enough times on set the more you're on set the more you learn yeah so and true. watch i encourage you films you love Break down why you love them. Mm. Understand the cinematography and shot choices, the editing, the score, the use of stuff, performance. You can be it. Directing is not this. There's this f- myth. Any, any one of you guys listening can be a writer, could be an Oscar-winning script writer. You don't even have to understand screenplay formatting. That's easy. That's, you could get someone yeah, to take yeah. a very detailed, long-form novel-style treatment and lay it out in a screenplay form if you have a good idea a good inciting incident good characters just start writing don't think oh i need to go to to writing school to, to that's, courses all yeah that kind of the, yeah you can write it there's, can't you? yeah there's a paper dragon that's that blocks the way of writing directing and stuff if, mm. if 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 you have got a good imagination good and you understand you understand storytelling mm. don't let it hold you back just put pen to paper if people are, like what they see it encourages and you go step by step you know Love what I mean? Love well it, it goes full circle back to what you started out with saying that the born thing for you was like breaking through that imaginary ceiling no mm. limitations after that it's the you're right it's just that it's that psychological limitation people put on themselves isn't it and you, you're quite right just mm. get out there and start doing it do it do it do it do right it. as much as you and can ally yeah. ally with people yeah. other people you need even if you're a, a rambo mm. and, you've, and I, I think i have rambo a bit i've done a lot of just one man army you still need you do you yeah. need allies you, do. you need and you need invest in people so they invest in you. My producer partners, another Street Fighter anecdote, the, the finance didn't close actually until one week before we rolled cameras, wow. right? But bear in mind, we had to start building dojos of course you did. five weeks beforehand. Flying people we in have rehearsals. to fly cast in weeks. So where's the money come from? Mm-hmm. And the lawyers from <clears throat> representing, you know, some party... The last minute, say, there's £14,000 of legal fees you have to pass. Otherwise, the deal will fall apart. Me and my producer partner had to pay seven grand a piece like that because we were literally uh, extorted. And this Mm. happens. So my producer partner had to remortgage their house to free up about 50K to cash flow the initial set building, flying actors in. That is how the level of investment, I'll be forever indebted to them and, and... 
that shows dedication. That's how real it gets to making when people are putting their houses on the line out of belief in your vision. Mm -hmm. In, uh, but you don't get to that stage until you've you've gone through a lot together and you become like family. And Mm -hmm. and Jackie and Mark will um forever be yeah family to me because we've been through so much so much deaths you know in the duration of making a film it's amazing in three four years what goes on in your lives Mm -hmm. so with all that in mind the fact you've actually managed to make something and something brilliant as well what's next for you what is what's on the horizon i want to direct more obviously i would love to direct that's the big thing uh whilst the big thing is to try and after assassin's fist uh despite doing resurrection which is this mini series Mm -hmm. which is out there yep if you're in the right country, yes. um, was to do a full-on, huge-budget TV series of Street Fighter. So okay. I pitched to all those... I was in LA for about four months after Assassin's Fist premiered over there, mm-hmm. pitched to all the studios, got representation as a, a writer-director in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. uh, that's then a whole new stage of learning, understanding the studio system and how big Game of Thrones-sized shows Oh, get get made mm-hmm. um that has its own perils and pitfalls as i'm continuing to learn i want to make this show i'm only really interested in doing street fighter further if i do it the way i know it needs to be done mm-hmm. do you see what i mean I yeah for mean. sure mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of pressure potentially um you go to places that are interested but TV is a big collaborating thing, and sometimes it it could turn into something you don't necessarily want it to be. So we'll see. I'm still working to try and get that made. That's been a three-year negotiation endeavor. These things take a long time. So we'll see if that comes off. Um, I've been acting... I've mm-hmm. recently uh, a lot. I'm working on Mission Impossible Six at the moment. Amazing. So we speak working with Tom Cruise has been a a big bucket list kind of thing. Tick him um, off, brilliant. Well which done. is so that's been we shot in Paris for six weeks. Um, I'm still doing studio stuff here in London. I've got my last stint uh, in February to do, and then that's done. I did Aladdin, Guy Ritchie's Aladdin last year. Yeah, went to Jordan uh, to shoot that. That was great. Um, Joe Cornish's new film. Joe Cornish did Attack the Block. He's yes. got a new film called The Kid Who Would Be King. Yes. Um, I'm in that. Based on King Arthur's legend, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. So um, it's been really busy filming-wise, actually, jumping between, leapfrogging between several, three films at once um, has been good. So filmmaking, now I'm I'm writing a lot of original products doing ip making stuff based on someone else's intellectual property i've done it i've done two three iterations Mm -hmm. of street fighter i would love to do the tv show i have planned if everything aligns the way i want that will happen if not i'll turn to something else but i think now you learn when you've done your first feature you suddenly realize you need to have a slate of projects. Mm-hmm. If all your eggs are just in one basket and that doesn't happen, it's debilitating. Really so is. once you've got momentum, you mm. need to have maybe four or five projects, that maybe different. One could be a digital series. Yeah. One could be a feature film. One could be for a TV show pitch. Mm-hmm. And they're different stages yeah. of, of development. So whatever's... Um, shining light at the time you go with Mm. because something may hit the doldrums for a bit 
And if that's sure. all you've got, you're now not Now productive. you're in the doldrums. You're not doing nothing. Exactly. Yes, so now there's always something. Collaboration. Yeah. So apart from my own mm-hmm. uh, tyrannical projects mm-hmm. that I yeah. want to <laughs> do, other filmmakers that I respect, that I want to work with, I'm like, what can we collaborate on? Is there a script you want to? we should develop together? Is mm-hmm. there a project you're in I can act in? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Collaborations are are great, and it's building yeah. building that that web of of uh, creative collaborations, and that's you know. So mm. it's, it's trying to do it all. Right, Joey, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. We could talk thank all you, day. Man. We yeah, have talked for two you. hours. I've got to cut this down to forty minutes in some way. Um, but in terms of where can people follow you on social media? Because um, obviously, people would love to, to follow your journey as well. Where um, can they find you? I'm not a huge social media whore. Maybe to my own detriment. I'm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look up the Joey Answer. Um, I have uh, Joey Answer official uh, Facebook sort of like page, mm-hmm. as opposed to my personal page. I am on Facebook, but I'm you know quiet. But yeah. you can quiet. fuck off. Yeah, really. yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I try and keep that for people I personally know. Yeah, but so right. I'm not on Twitter, so I guess Insta- Instagram would be the easiest to find right? you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah perfect, yeah. perfect. Uh, and you can follow us at the filmmakers podcast.com as always to check out all our back catalogue of podcasts with some amazing people or follow us on twitter at filmmakers pod you can follow me at giles alderson dan where can we follow you you can follow me at dan 710ths perfect so it's a good place to follow you yeah. Oh. Joe, man, this has been my favourite. No, I can't. You can't say that. No, this has been my favourite one so far. This is so insightful. I've really oh, enjoyed listening to you. It's been so good. Thank more, you. Two more hours. Yeah, it's been great. Indeed. I know. I could talk. It's, I could yeah. talk for. You didn't know what you're letting yourself. <laughs> no, it's been great. It's been Eight really an hour podcast. Yeah, but indeed. If this had been live, this would have been the phones would have been ringing off the hook. Ringing off the happening. hook. They are. It's been um, really amazing. It has been amazing. Um, remember, being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is. Get out there and do it it's 2018 people hashtag make your film in 2018 and then if you're lucky enough to do well like joey and rise up it's your duty to send the elevator back down and help everyone out remember street fighter is available go check it out on the itunes on uh, amazon and wherever else you can get hold of it watch it it's brilliant see the work that's gone into that for now we will see you next tuesday as always joey thank you very much thank you thank you mate dan pleasure. pleasure Always a pleasure, man. And we'll Thanks, see you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye-bye. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. You can't say that. I've said it every time. <laughs> <laughs>